The following podcast will contain spoilers along with unfettered feelings of nostalgia. Proceed at your own risk. Here it is, folks. Feed the pigs and pick some figs. It's time for Event or Else, the podcast where I go through most every major Marvel and DC event, one issue at a time, one episode at a time, because frankly, I can't seem to find anything on TV. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And here we are once again, ladies and gentlemen, jumping headfirst down the rabbit hole they call the comic book event. And hey, we're just getting started. This week, we draw closer to the conclusion of a 12-part story, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. This is issue number nine, and it's entitled Assault on Galactus. This issue was published by Marvel Comics in January of 1985, and it was written by Jim Shooter with pencils by Mike Zeck, inks by John Beatty, letters by Joe Rosen, and the colors were by Christy Scheel. The issue opens in the alien village that the heroes, until recently, had called home. Colossus, who'd been convalescing, sees that Galactus has begun devouring the planet, and though he's not yet fully recovered, decides to take steps in order to protect the alien healer, Zashi. Why? Because the boy's in love. Sure, she didn't love him back, but that ain't gonna stop the boy from feeling his feelings. In the meantime, the X-Men arrived to press the attack. Professor X had promised Captain America that they would do what they could to slow the giant down until Cap and his team can arrive, and the Professor is a man of his word. As the battle gets underway, Cyclops begins to understand just what they're up against and realizes that the Professor has been cold toward them for a reason. Because the Professor knew that it would come down to this that he would have to send his team, in essence, his children, into a suicide mission of a battle and possibly lose them forever. Back at the village, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, and the Wasp watch in shock as an explosion rocks the mountainside. Thinking that the explosion might mean the end of the X-Men, they contemplate striking out against Galactus themselves. But Hawkeye puts the brakes on that plan, saying that they should wait for the rest of the team and attack as a unit. Meanwhile, Cap and his team are racing toward the scene aboard an aircraft taken from the conquered Doom base. The Hulk sits on the floor, crisscross applesauce, and he's feeling a bit depressed. Cluelessly, Thor asks if Hulk is sad because he can't fit into the aircraft's chairs. The Hulk tells him no. It's just that now that he's gained the intelligence of Bruce Banner, He feels he's lost the savagery the Hulk has always been known for and will be useless in the upcoming battle. And to make matters worse, now that he's losing his intelligence as well, he can't even contribute in that way. Elsewhere on the ship, Johnny Storm wonders aloud why everyone is so worried about the upcoming battle. After all, he's there. Seriously, does anybody suck more than Johnny Storm? Please, I gotta know. Ben Grimm laments the fact that he can't change back into the thing, but then he does, and that makes him super happy. Iron Man finds Spider-Woman creepy, but he also thinks she has nice legs, which was a moment of the book I could have done without. And then Spider-Man bounces around the aircraft, celebrating the discovery that his new costume can produce webs, something he's been without 
since issue number four. He also shows off how the costume can shift and change and give him shorts and short sleeves, which we can all admit looks more than a little ridiculous. Reed Richards, who's piloting the aircraft, lets his mind wander so that we can get yet another quick explanation of why they are all on Battle Planet. But he's suddenly pulled from his musings when the ship is struck by one of Galactus's defenses. They land hard, buffeted by Colossus on the ground to keep them from crashing. Once down, they commence to fighten. As they charge up the mountain, Iron Man manages to do a bit of damage to the machine Galactus uses to eat worlds. Seeing that, Reed realizes that they might actually have a chance to win. But with that realization comes another, and he rushes to Captain America to announce that they must not stop Galactus. He explains that this is their chance to finally be rid of Galactus once and for all, because he knows that the one thing Galactus desires over anything else is to be rid of his constant hunger, which fuels his need to consume planets. Well, if he wins and kills all of them, and the Beyonder does actually gift him with his greatest desire, then Galactus will no longer be out there consuming planets, saving trillions upon trillions of lives. Plus, he figures if the Beyonder reneges, Galactus, now fully powered after consuming the planet, will take the fight to the Beyonder and either force him to rid Galactus of his hunger or die in the process. Either way, the galaxy will be rid of him. And after all, isn't that worth sacrificing their lives? But then, as he's trying to convince the others of this, he suddenly vanishes, along with Galactus and the world-devouring machine. Then, in a scene that features the first and probably the only time the planet the Beyonder created is referred to as Battle Planet, Reed finds himself with Galactus on the world ship. Galactus shows Reed an image of his wife, Sue, with Franklin, his son. She's still pregnant. She hasn't had the baby yet, and after showing him this image, Galactus has something else to tell him. Meanwhile, back at Doom Base, Dr. Doom sits in his cell when he suddenly realizes that the key to his ultimate victory is the world ship. And so he breaks out of his cell with ease, because, well, he's Dr. Doom. And he frees Claw, telling Claw that he's gonna dissect him. Claw? Well, he seems totally cool with that. Back at the mountain... Colossus digs, searching for his missing teammates, who turn out to be okay, thanks once again to Magneto. That's twice now he's saved their bacon. They head back to the village to hook up with Cap and his team, where Colossus finds Zashi on her feet. His heart soars, but only for a moment when she runs into the arms of Johnny Storm. Johnny being Johnny, he brushes her off basically saying that he doesn't have time for her because he's too busy worrying about Reed. Because again, he's the absolute worst and he totally sucks. But then, suddenly, Reed is back. He explains to the heroes that he was with Galactus, who told him some kind of nonsense about Reed being a universal champion of life, just as Galactus is an instrument of death. Reed interprets that to mean that as a champion of life, he is to allow Galactus to win so that trillions of others may live. But then again, maybe he meant that Reed had to fight to prevent the loss of life there on Battle Planet. As the heroes argue over what to do, Galactus and his world-devouring machine reappear on the mountaintop. Captain America decides that he can't just stand by and let Galactus kill everybody. But before he and the heroes jump into action, Cap thanks Professor X for his help. And with one handshake, 
instantly heals years of strained human-mutant relations. Probably. Back at Doom Base, Dr. Doom plans his next move as Claw natters away, sliced up like a loaf of bread on a cutting board. Doom watches a monitor, pleased that the battle between the heroes and Galactus continues, as it means he has more time. As the battle rages on, Reed decides to join in. Turns out that despite his argument about saving trillions of lives, at the end of the day, he just wants to survive so that he can be there when his child is born. They press the attack and they appear to be winning when the giant flies away, retreating to his world ship, despite Reed's call not to allow him to escape. Now, while this seems like a good thing, Galactus running away and everything, turns out that's not the case. As Reed explains it, Galactus doesn't need to use the machine to eat the planet. It's just easier and more efficient. He can absorb the planet all by himself. But first, he begins to absorb his own world ship, the greatest energy source in the universe, which means he's going to gain all that power for himself. Once he's done with the ship, he will then devour the planet and probably the sun as well so that he can become powerful enough to battle the Beyonder. Of course, that means that all of our heroes are going to die. However, as Galactus sets to work, Doom has constructed a series of lenses from Claw's body, which he intends to use to draw all of the power away from Galactus and pull it into himself. And there you have it, folks. The end of the issue. And yeah, it was a doozy. But before we talk about that, how about we look at the top three things to dwell on? The top three things to dwell on are three moments in the book that I feel need to be given just a bit more thought. These could be inspiring or even stupid moments. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that I have an uncontrollable urge to talk about them and pad out the length of the show. Thing to dwell on number three, Hawkeye's delusions of grandeur. After Galactus and Reed Richards disappear, the heroes have themselves a bit of a breather. During this breather, we see a small moment between Spider-Man and Hawkeye. Spider-Man asks the archer if he's making another arrow, and Hawkeye says, One last one, with Galactus's name on it. Really? An arrow? That's what you're bringing to the game, Hawkeye? He's carving an arrow with Galactus's name on it. I mean, he's not literally putting his name on it, but I guess Hawkeye is sitting there on the boulder thinking to himself, This is the one. This is the arrow that's going to do it and I'm going to be the one that takes Galactus down. It's either that, or he knows he's going to die, so he might as well try to shoot an arrow into the dude. Thing to dwell on number two, recording Doom for posterity. When Doom busts out of his cell and frees Claw, he calls out, Claw, mad master of sound, being of living sound energy, whom I found in Galactus's home. You are the one I need. To which Claw responds, you narrate your life as you go along, don't you? Are you being taped? Turns out, Doom is being taped. He admits that he records everything he says because, as he puts it, every utterance of Doom must be recorded for posterity. I have to admit that this is an idea that I love more than most ideas that are put out there into the world. The fact that within Doom's armor is a recording device that just continuously records everything that he says and then I'm assuming is backing it up out there in the cloud is just awesome. Because honestly to him, everything Doom says is important. And it makes the way he talks make much more sense. 
Doom is deeply smitten with himself. I mean, there's never been a love affair in any of the great works of fiction that has been bigger than the one between Dr. Doom and himself. It's probably why he turned down the Enchantress a few issues back, because nobody can love Doom like Doom. Thing to dwell on number one, Spider-Man Summerwear. I know we talked about it already, but look at it. The booties are the best part. The thought of Spider-Man fighting crime during one of those sweltering New York summers with his full mask, but in short sleeves and short pants, especially when you include them little black booties, well, that's just altogether beautiful. And those were the top three things to dwell on. So now we come to that time in the show where I wrap it all up and tell you how I feel about the book in general. I really don't have a lot to say about the book at this point. I mean, stuff is really about to hit the fan. Most of the villains may be locked up, but they are nothing compared to the threat that the heroes are currently facing and will face a bit later. I mean, we're heading into the third act here, folks, and I gotta tell you, things tend to get worse for our heroes in the third act. With that in mind, how about you join me back here next time and I'll see if I can get an answer to the question, will Dr. Doom become a god? That's coming at you next week with issue number 10, which is entitled Death to the Beyonder. You're not going to want to sleep on that one. I mean, it is a whole week away, so please try to get some sleep until then. Event or Else is a presentation of the Just Another Fanboy podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to eventorelse at gmail.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash stevenroar and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show where I talk about all the nerdy type things I don't have time to talk about in all my other podcast episodes. I also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share the podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. There's a snort. <laughs> uh, that may go at the end of the sentence. It better.